crazy. Smoke to get my mind right. Chilling. Trying to get my ground right. Fight for <laughs> What's up, guys? Sorry, G from the Stone Vet USMC. Happy Friday, guys. Take two. I got a bad habit of doing this shit where I don't hit the damn record <laughs> button. And I know we get going good. I mean, we were sitting here talking for a minute. I had to look up and I was like, I didn't hit fucking record, guys. I don't believe this bullshit. <laughs> do this all over again, man. I got to take time. Listen, it's Friday. Guests. It's Friday. You know, it, we're, we're hanging out. We're enjoying the time. I got the got the patio furniture in. I'm in sitting over here relaxing and enjoying. I wish I had the grill going, but I had to get rid of my grill because, like I said, I'm selling my house and my grill was old as shit and just falling apart. I'm always like, get rid of it. Just get it out of here so we can make sure we get perfect time to upgrade. Perfect time to upgrade, right? I've been I've been checking them out. I've been getting them go, been going out looking every time we go out somewhere, you know, whether it's Walmart or Lowe's or wherever the hell we go. I take a chance to go look at it, you know. I can't get a smoker because the wife don't like smokers. And so <sighs> she don't like smoked food. And I was like, fuck. All right. Well, so I try to find me a nice grill, you know, and it, it's it's tough. It's it's tough. It sucks. And I was like, the weather's getting nice and I can't even go outside and grill no more, man. I said, this sucks, dude. This sucks, you know? And so it's Friday. If you guys are sorry like me, you guys only work Monday through Friday. It's Friday of the weekend. A lot of you guys who are entrepreneurs and are still working. You work seven days a week. You guys will never have a day off. I know. My wife tells me all the time. She's like, I never have a day off. I say, I can't, I can't help you, sweetheart. You want to start your own, you want to start your own business. And this is just what happens when you start your own business, you know? That's it. You know, I got I got the luxury of bringing on Gunny here. Gunny is the man who is creating Born in a Bar, the untold story of Uncle Sam's misguided children, dude. It's the stories, dude. Like, you know what it was like when you were serving. You remember all them fucking cool-ass stories when you were sitting on the chairs around the grill, shooting the shit after a long week and having a couple of drinks. Remember reminiscing about them good times when you was in Okinawa or in the Philippines. Hell, maybe even Thailand. <laughs> you can remember some of the stories when you was out in Thailand, man. I got Gunny here. How you doing, Gunny? I appreciate you coming on the show today. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, for your people who are listening now, what you just missed out on was about 20 minutes of us talking about Mother's Day and Father's Day. <laughs> and I'm not really sure if that's even if we can do that. Uh, so I'm, it's probably a good thing that it, it got uh, deleted because we might offend someone. Uh, we might have offended somebody. I'm not I, sure I, who, you know, Caitlyn Jenner. I'm not really sure if she celebrates Mother's Day or Father's Day or how that works out. I don't, yeah, I don't know. Well, I mean, think about it. That's a, that's a genius move right there. You know, like you're like, <laughs> you know, I could really use another holiday to, to get a gift. So yeah, that could work out. I think I could get I can both, right? Can't I get both? You know, I don't, I don't think we can get as too offensive, though. I mean, if you ever went over to Broken Podcast and listened to Shane and Nick over there, dude, the motherfuckers can get some some offensive crap going. You'd be like, oh, if they can talk that, we could talk a little bit of smack, can't we? You know, I was, I, I'm, I'm actually surprised when I listen to some of the podcasts that I don't hear like a disclaimer when they're bringing on a Marine as a guest, or they're both Marines. In that case, you know, like, hey, this is not the podcast to listen to when you're driving your kids to preschool. No, Not right, absolutely. One. And I, we, we may need to get together, you know, myself, you know, the broken podcast and over the basic vet. We may buy them. I may get Shane to make us a disclaimer. So whenever that we put on the show, we'll be like, 
this is not suited for, for under eight, anybody suitable younger for than 20. <laughs> nobody, nobody younger than 20 years old should be listening to this show, you know? Or, so, you know, or the National Guard or Coast, Coast Guard. <laughs> they, sh- you know, just, you know, find something else. You probably need to find something else to listen to, but I'm... <laughs> <laughs> we give them all we give them all crap you know so we, we we love all you guys out there we I, like i tell people I, say, I don't care what branch you serve we all signed that damn dotted line and devoted our life to the government and said i got you a six you know uh, even if you're the coast guard or the space force i want to know how that works now with the space is it the air force recruiting space force now or is it it is yeah so they they uh, have a dual mission right now at least until you know they figure something else out. But the Air Force went to this total force recruiting where the Air Force recruiters are now recruiting for like the Air Force Reserves. They're doing the Space Force. Um, they're doing all that because they were separate at, at one time. Or actually, I mean, I guess the reserves are still separate right now, but uh, they are moving to try and save some money by combining them all into one. Right. And so, I mean, I mean it, it makes sense. It's relevant to have the Air Force doing the Space Force crap but when it comes down to it it's like are they gonna have reserves space force reserves as well <laughs> I don't know. they don't know they, <laughs> they, don't, they're, they make this show up as they go anyway so they shoot I, from I, it the, doesn't really matter. and the air force is the worst you gotta you know you work for the air force yourself mm-hmm. and so you understand you're like you guys don't give a damn about anything you guys make your own rules as you're going along you guys don't and even if the rules are there you don't even care about them. You yeah. just do your own thing. You don't even care. You're like, eh, whatever. It'll, it'll be all right. A couple years ago, uh, when the Air Force was really trying to recruit uh, what they call their battlefield airmen, um, they were really trying to push for it. And they, my squadron came to me and they were like, listen, you know, we're, we're trying to recruit these kids who are joining the Marines. How do we do that? And I said, number one, if a kid's coming into the office and they say they want to join the Marines, there's nothing you're going to say to them to change their mind. They're joining right. the Marines. Right. right okay. Well, right. what about the kids who are unsure? So, okay, well, you know, you, there's a lot you can do, but it's just, it's so difficult to really, you know, change that, that mindset. So, you know, one of the problems we have the air force is every time there's a new general, they change shit. Right? <laughs> no, I mean, their, their, their motto has gone from, you know, aim high to aim high, firefight fight, win to aim high. Let's fight. Let's all get together and have a barbecue. You know, every every year it's something different. They just change. I don't even know what it is. They just changed it again. Yeah, um, so, it's you know, something for the space force now. Yeah, it's like something yeah. for the space yeah. force now that they put in that. Yep. It's like Simper yeah. something. I'm like, oh, you motherfuckers trying to take Simplify, huh? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. they're they're always trying to. So somebody's yeah. always trying to take take our words. Or I said, look, guys, I said the army. They change their motto every freaking four years. They they're just like the Air Force. They change their motto constantly because they can't they can't stick to anything, dude. They just can't have anything that works. You know, I said I said so that's the thing about the Marine Corps is that, dude, our motto has never changed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's simplify. You know, <laughs> that's what that's yeah. what we do. You know, it, 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 the few, the proud, the Marines. It's never changed. It's been that way for. Hundreds of years, you know. Absolutely. And so it, it, it it's it, you can see it though when a couple when a lot of these pe- branches are like, oh, let's uh, let's do this to our motto, and you're like, that's simper. You're taking simper. You can't take simper. Like now you're trying to look at like a freaking Marine Corps. You can't just take it and say we're going to run with this, you know. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's it's just the, the just the silly things that come with it, you know. And I know I know a couple episodes ago I was talking about. I said they've been trying to get the the government has been trying to get rid of the Marine Corps for decades 
Like they just they just want to get rid of the Marine Corps because they're like, oh well, you know, we're the smallest branch. You know, hell, we're Department of the Navy. They're like, you're not even your own damn branch. You're just Department of the Navy, and you're just like, all right, all right, we'll give you that, whatever, you know. But I said, can't nobody pack up and ship out as fast as we can when something happens. You know what I'm saying? We're yeah. America's nine one one. Right. We're the we're the break in case of emergency. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. And exactly. That's, that's what it is. I mean, everybody else, uh, I mean, they're so, especially the Air Force, they're so commercialized. I mean, they run like a company. Right. right? Absolutely. Uh, I mean, and, and, and that's kind of part of their problem. I mean, uh, you know, when I, I walked into the, our squadron, I said, I mean, we, we tangled a lot on, on stupidity of things. And they couldn't see, like, you know, when I, when I would say something, they were like, well, why do you, why do you think that way? Why do I think that way? Because like, I, I'm, I'm going to point out when there's stupidity and this is like the stupidest thing that you, you could possibly do. Well, you're, you're not thinking about this, you know, in the, this strategic room. <laughs> what? Like, that's the second stupidest thing I've heard today. You know, so they're fun to work with though. Oh, you got, yeah. Because a lot of times, I mean, I get the same looks like, why do you think like that? I said, well, how do you want to think about it? Do you want to think it from a corporate standpoint? And you're probably right. I don't know shit about corporations. I've never ran a corporation. I yeah. can tell you how to fucking do how to do it the right way. Now, this is gonna be the right way. You want to dump, you want the mission done right? This is how you're gonna do it. Are you slacking somewhere? This is why you're slacking. Mm-hmm. Let me show you. But if you don't like what I gotta tell you, you probably need to talk to somebody else. Then you know what I'm saying? Like I get the same looks you get, like, why do you think that way? Well, because the Marine Corps has been my daddy for fucking ever, and that's what they taught me how to do it. They taught me the right way to do it is what they did, you know? And my wife hates it. She's like, I hate you fucking Marines. I hate all of you guys. So you guys are some of the cockiest <laughs> SOBs. I said, we're not cocky, sweetheart. We're not cocky. We confident. We know yeah. what we're talking about. We know what was said. We're confident in who we are. She's like, shut the hell up. I don't want to hear it. Like, yeah, all right, so my, my, wife, my wife met me after I had already left uh, the reserves for the second time. And, uh, I'm, you know, I'm kind of glad she didn't know me back then. Um, and even with this, with this book, you know, she said like in most of the story, she's already heard, not like all the details, um, <laughs> but you know, she just like, I, I don't, I don't know if I want to change my image of you, you know, in reading these, <laughs> these stories, you know, that's, that's probably a good idea. Right. Uh, I, I probably like wouldn't read plan. this book either. I probably wouldn't read this book either. Sweetheart. Like I, I, yeah. I wouldn't recommend you reading this book either. Cause I mean, some of the stories, I mean. Like I said, I've read, I read some, of your, some of your excerpts and stuff. I was like, oh, shit, this shit. Like, you can relate. Like, I could relate to what yeah. you're saying. I'm like, oh, shit, I remember that. I remember that kind yeah. of shit happening, you know? So, so this book, so the, way I, the way this started, it actually goes back into boot camp. Um, oh. I had a drill instructor who, at night, uh, would tell these bedtime stories, right? We'd be laying in the rack, lights are out, and he would tell these fucked up, funny-ass stories about, you know, one-night stands and, you know, and you would just go to sleep and you'd be like, what the fuck did I just listen to? That's this, this dude's fucking awesome. You're like, what the and, fuck uh, is going on? He, what did I get myself yeah. into? He told this one story uh, that, you know, he went home with a one night stand and the next morning he's putting on his boots and he's sitting on these steps and her two kids are sitting at the kitchen table, eating, uh, eating cereal, watching TV. <laughs> And I'm just like, I'm laughing, right? Like you, you can imagine like, oh my God, like, and, and here I am, I'm 18 years old. This is fucking great. I joined the right service right now. So then, you know, I, I had gotten out and I, uh, I had uh, a regular Navy chick that I used to hook up with while I was single. And she came home. She, we were both from the same, same town. 
And she called me up one night and she wanted to go out. So I went out with her. And now for like the last year, you know, the year prior, we had gone either to my house or her house. She was stationed in uh, Rattleside, Norfolk. But this was the first time like, we went out and went back to her house. She was getting ready to deploy. And, uh, you know, we were, we were drinking, went back to her house. Uh, we're completely trashed at this point, having sex in her bedroom, slammed the door, mirror falls on the ground, smashes, right? We get up in the morning and we walk downstairs and it just like, you know, you're in this fog and you start realizing stuff. You, you're kind of looking around and you're like, where the fuck am I right now? <laughs> And then her mom starts talking from the kitchen and she's holding up this carton of milk that just like a couple of hours ago, we were just drinking out of. And she's like breakfast. And I'm like laughing hysterically. Like I'm crying. I had, when I, I walked out and I called my, my friend ski who I was living with. And I was like, Dave, you're not going to fucking believe this. And we laughed for like three fucking days, you know? So, it, and it was like that moment that I was like, damn you, Sergeant Davis, you fucking got me. Like, no shit like this. I just had the same fucking thing happen to me that you did in, while I was in boot camp. It was fucking amazing. <laughs> so then uh, my, my best friend from high school, Ski, um, he ended up joining the Marines as an officer, but we were living together at that time. He, he went to our field artillery school and I had just done a lap move over to Fort Observer. So I was at Fort Sill at the same time. Oh, and you was we right here. You went far from home. That's yeah, right listen, I got a good story. Yeah, I, listen, Dragon West was my home for about four and a half weeks. Uh, I The first day I was there, uh, or the first week, we went out to this bar uh, a couple miles outside of the thing, outside of uh, Fort Sill. And one of the PFCs that was there, you know, he was just talking. I was a corporal at the time, but I drove out there, so I had my truck. Right. And, you know, the PFCs, I mean, they're going to talk to corporals like, you know, like you're, you're basically God. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, them PFCs are like, oh, and shit, uh, he, you know, he was asking me, like, you know, hey, you know, corporal, like, what, you know, what kind of girls are you into? And this girl just happened to walk by, and I was like, oh, you know, like this girl right here. And then I turn around a couple minutes later, and he's talking to her, and they're looking at me, and I'm like, this motherfucker, like, I, I'm gonna kill this kid. Like, what is he doing? <laughs> he's looking me up. <laughs> yeah. So she, she, she walks over, and I'm just, you know, at this point, I'm like, oh my god, what am I gonna say right off the bat? Like, I'm things are running through my head. Like, it's how, how are you doing? <laughs> right. <laughs> and you know, I, you just don't know. And I'm about to say, something, and I don't even know what I'm about to say. And she walks up and she's, she just, you know, pulls this like, you know, do you believe in love and first sight or do I need to walk by again? And as I'm just about to say something, she puts her, her finger up to my lip. Right. <laughs> and she says, don't ruin the moment. And she takes my beer and drinks my beer. And I'm just like, what? Oh, what, what the fuck? This is you, fucking great. Did you just drink my beer? Yeah. <laughs> so she turns out, uh, you know, we, we go back the next day and um, the, all the PFCs, they've been there for like a week and a half. You know, they get there before everybody else does before the class starts. So they knew all the strip clubs. They knew, all, you know, like everything. Everything. Right, right. So that, and this was like a Thursday night. It was like ladies night. And uh, so Friday in class, the PFCs are telling the gunny who's the, in charge of the class and you know, he, they all knew that it was a strip club and they said, you know, don't, don't tell them, let them, let them, let them figure it out. So we go driving out to this bar thinking it's, you know, a sports bar, Dragon West, no idea. We pull up and it's just a, a bar, no windows. And the other, the sergeant that was with me kind of made a comment about like, Hey, this doesn't, this doesn't look right. And I'm not even paying attention. So I walk in, I open the door and I, and I hear 
this, you know, that the, you know, the next on stage Tia from Thailand. And I start laughing. I'm like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. So it turns out this girl's a stripper. <laughs> so I, I, I spent like the whole month that I was at it for, uh, Fort Sill artillery school with her. Um, and then, uh, when, when ski got out there for his artillery officer school, I had to take him out there. Like I had to like, Hey Dave, you had to show this him is what shit. I've been doing. This is what I've been doing for the last month. And uh, while we were sitting there, we, you know, we started talking about writing this book, like, Hey, look, you know, you, you, you have a knack for writing and we have some fucking great stories. We should write this. And sitting there talking to another stripper, that's kind of where I came up with the title born in a bar. Like it's like perfect. Like, no Marines shit, born right? in a bar. This is fucking what? great. It's like the only and branch so, that was born in a bar. Come on now. You yeah. Me? yeah. So I started, I really started documenting like a lot of, uh, a lot of the first week before. And, uh, you know, that's, so I started taking some notes and, you know, kind of went from there. Now this is back in 2000. So it, uh, it was kind of something that, that sat with me for quite a while. Right. Um, and then with ski, you know, he ended up going to Camp Lejeune. Um, I was in a reserve unit that was up in Reading artillery battery. And 9-11 happened. Um, my unit, we had been told, uh, right as this happened, that our, our reserve battery was going to be tasked to go and support the main effort. That was fucking great. This is great. I wanted to get back on active duty anyway. Okay. Had my shit packed. It was on you know, top of my steps. And I'm in my, I uh, just got married for the second time uh, <laughs> to a reservist. And she, the same day I get a phone call from our ops, ops gunny. Hey, uh, we're not, we're not going anywhere. We're, we're staying home. Somebody else um, is going in our place. The same day she gets a letter in the mail, activating her to uh, active duty uh, on Camp Lejeune. Now I'm pissed. I fucking kick my gear down the steps. I'm throwing it around. <laughs> I'm just fucking livid. Fucking bullshit. Yeah. So, uh, I went down to I went down to Camp Lejeune with her and, and met up with Ski and he was working at Two Meth um, SOTG at the Combined Arms Staff Trainer and uh, I went in there and uh, met Colonel Noble and helped them run one of their classes like I showed up just to like you know hey Ski what's going on brother you know and um, he was just like look if you want to come on active duty I can get you down here uh, at Two Meth fuck yeah where do I sign let's go right let's go. So I was on Camp Lejeune from, you know, 2003 to 2008. Um, so I was there with him for a little bit. And then uh, he did a lap move to Intel. And then we ended up meeting each other again while we were out in uh, Iraq. I went to Fallujah and he was in Blue Diamond. But we would talk, you know, uh, you know, all the time. And then when we both got back, I was going through my second divorce. <laughs> so we started this. We had this, uh, you know, like every other Friday, we would go to Hooters and then we would go to the Driftwood, you know, and, and then go back to his house and, and crash there. Um, and it just started like a whole nother chapter. Right? <laughs> so we just we, we've had so many you know, stories along the way that, you know, it just it just kind of rolled. Uh, and then you look at, you know, now where we are in um, 2020 with COVID and, and lockdowns and, and doing all this thing. Um, I had a very different experience than a lot of people. I was having fun. I loved this. I was ready to quit my job anyway. And right. it was the break that I needed. Like I, I was scaring the shit out of my kids. I was videotaping it, putting it on Facebook. I, I started my own little, not quite a podcast, but like, you know, video, uh, I called it cooking with rum, which is me <laughs> you know, cooking and smoking and, and drinking at the same time. And I was having a blast. I just, right. you know, 
it was it was entertainment. It was it was daily dad jokes and you know stupid shit. Um, <laughs> but we had you know, I had five five friends who committed suicide over that time. They were all all military, and that was hard. Like you know, it's like, man, like you know what, I, I you know I know this is different for everybody, and uh, one of one of the Marines I was with, um, you know, we we were talking and he was like, hey, do you remember this story from um, San Antonio? fuck yeah i remember that story it's fucking great <laughs> and uh he, he was you know he said something about I, I i must have at some point on that day you know told him about my book and you know kind of reminded me of it and i was like you know this is the perfect time i think i'm gonna i'm gonna do this i'm gonna i'm gonna start writing this book and uh, and see what happens and uh it took off man i mean it was like um you know i i shared one story with a select couple friends and it just took off like fucking wildfire um, I had friends, you know, calling me and, you know, Hey, do you remember this? Do you remember that? Or, or like, dude, I just read that story and I'm fucking pissing my pants, <laughs> you know? So it was great. And I was like, you know, this, this maybe this is really what I want to do. Like, I want to, I want to write this book, you know, and include the stories of other people. And, um, we, you know, the idea was if I can get this many people talking about one story, then, you know, maybe it'll help me. It'll help people talk out and reach out to their other friends to, you know, their other brothers and, and reflect on some of the stupid shit that they did while they were in, you know, or, or laugh. And, you know, my idea was, is that, you know, this is definitely one of those books that uh, is not, you know, going to be probably, you know, found acceptable by the Marine Corps, like (laughs) professionalism, but you know, it, it may not be the right thing to do, but it's definitely not going to be the wrong thing to do, you know, mm-hmm. and in terms of veterans, if I can get them, if we can get them talking like this, you know, yeah. I mean, that's, you know, and, and even if it just is a, you know, you're talking to your friends about this and you drive them to another, you know, a podcast, um, you know, when you find out all these other Marines that, or, you know, military in general, that their story and how close they were to committing suicide. And then they had a conversation with somebody. And that changed their mind, man. That's, you know, I mean, even if, if, if one person, you know, listens to your podcast, you know, today and they decide not to kill themselves, man, that's, that's a huge thing. That, and that's kind of what we all want, I think. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Gunny. I know. I, I completely understand. I, 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 this is, this is the whole reason I do the show, you know? So right now, so like I said, I, I had Lee on my show just, a, just a couple of weeks, just a week or so ago. And he had, um, you know, he said, he said, you know how they say the 22 a day, there's 22 veterans a day. But he said, the sad part is those are just the veterans that are going to the VA for help that are that, mm-hmm. that are getting disabilities and stuff. That's what they're calculating. He said, but you got to yeah. figure all the people who don't go to the VA, all the people who aren't registered with the VA, all the people who aren't getting their disability checks and stuff. He said, nobody has a statistics on those guys. And not only that, you also have another 30 veterans a day that are dying from opioid addiction that the VA has, has given to us. That's like, a, it's like I told, you know, right now, right now I'm dealing, I'm the stone vet and I'm not smoking any weed. There's a story behind that right now that I have a whole situation going on. I work for the federal government and it's federally legal and da, 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 which hopefully I'm hoping by October it's this shit's washed away. Right. And so, but my thing is, is just with what I, with what I do is I, I try to break the stigma of cannabis, you know what I'm saying? The, the medicinal benefits. I mean, just the simple fact that if we're losing 30 veterans a day to an opioid addiction, that the VA will give us any opioid we want. 
you just go in there and you tell the doctor, hey, I need something for this. I need something for that. And they'll prescribe it anywhere from 30 to 100 pills at a time, you know, which is disgusting. So now you're looking at 30 veterans a day from opioid addiction. Then you got the 22 that are statistics that are out there right now. So that's now that now it's 52 brothers and sisters that we're losing. All because why? They didn't find their purpose again. That's one of the biggest things I stress is that when we get out of the military, you ain't got Sergeant G. Gunny ain't telling Sergeant G to tell the troops, hey, this is what we got going to coming down the pike. You guys need to be ready. You guys need to wear this uniform of the day. This is what we're going to be working on. This is what time you come to PT. This is what time you get done with PT. This is what time you come to what? This is the equipment we're working on today. This is what we're doing today. They don't have that no more. And Sergeant G ain't getting orders from Gunny saying, hey, this is what we're doing today. And it's like, so now it's like, what do I do? Like, I don't have nobody telling me what to do anymore. You know, and, and it sucks. It was one of the things that, that I stress about. That's why I do the show. So we can hang out and enjoy ourselves like we did on Fridays after a long week. We went and got a couple of drinks and we're sitting around the barbecue grill just bullshit because we reminiscing about the time that the week we've had. Fucking Gunny over here has been <laughs> hounding my ass all fucking week. And you know what I'm saying? He's been hounding my ass all week. And I just can't get him off my ass this week. You know, that's just the shit we talk about, the stupid yeah. shit we deal with. And then... And then some of us reminisce about the stories, like what your book is about, is reminiscing about the stories of the past. It's like we were talking about earlier. You've got jarheads that are in their 80s. These guys are serving Vietnam, World War II. The World War II people are passing away, dude. They, they pass, they're passing away daily now because it was so long ago. But those stories, like what we have when we deployed, whether it was Australia, Thailand, the Philippines, Okinawa, Wherever the hell we went, there's some stories, dude. Those are some um, some fuck, yeah. some fucked up, hilarious stories. But there are stories that we lived, and it's like you say. You say I don't want the stories to die. Like if they pass away, the stories go with yep. them. And then our brothers and sisters who are serving now, or who have served, can look, can read it, and be like, "Damn, that was a good one. That was damn. That guy, he, had, he that was a good story. Like he." He had a crazy time in Thailand or he had a crazy time in California or wherever the hell he was stationed. And it's, you know, what you're doing is freaking awesome. You know, like you said, if we can save at least one person, then we're beat, we're, we're reaching our goal. So you say, if you come over to the stone vet and you just want to hang out and enjoy and listen to the nonsense that we talking about. It's like, I told Shane, I was like, I ain't as funny as you, (laughs) but I'm coming from a whole different angle. And we're just sitting around bullshitting around the campfire. You know what I'm saying? We sit around right. bullshit, just bullshit and enjoying our time together that we have because, I mean, regardless of where you're at, we're here, to, we're here for each other. No matter what time. It's like I tell people, I say, if I don't answer my phone at three in the morning, as soon as I wake up and I see the missed call or I see the number, I'm calling you back as soon as I get up, you know. And, yeah, we need to, we need to be able to find time. I, told, you know, I talked about it a couple of weeks ago. just like we have lives. We all have our own lives. We all have shit going on. We got kids. We got wives. We got spouses or whatever. And we, we, we are busy. We're busy. You know what I'm saying? We got our own things that we're doing. But we have to take time out of the day and reach out to your brother, your sister, to the left or to the right and say, hey, dude, how you doing, man? I knew you were struggling last week. What's, how's everything been going? Is everything going good? Is, you, you, how, how's everything going? And just give me a minute. I, I just want to talk to you for a minute. I'm just checking in on you. That's it, you know? And it's hard, dude. Don't get me wrong. It's, it's super hard. I mean, Gunny, I mean, you know, it, we all have our own lives. And we all have our own things going on. And it's we do we have to make an effort to reach out to our brothers and sisters and say hey how you doing man I just want to check in on you check and see and make sure you're doing okay you know a lot of times they'll lie and be like, oh, I'm good I'm good I'm good and I mean you can't do nothing 
if they lie to you, you just can't do anything. We have to take it with face value, you know? And like you said, That's you, it. like you said, you said you've already lost five of your brothers, you know? And it sucks. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it definitely does. Um, you know, and I, I heard on one of your, one of your previous podcasts, uh, you said something about, you know, you, you run into people who uh, didn't have camaraderie or have any fun. How do you live? How, how do you go through four year, or six years of, of service and not have any camaraderie or fun? Like, listen, if you if you lived through that long in the service, you were the problem, right? right. I mean, we, we have fun. Absolutely, we, we enjoyed being around it. Um, I, I mean, you know, over seventeen years plus, did I have bad times while I was in the core? Yeah, fuck yeah, everybody did. Everybody. Do did. I remember? Do I remember them? No, because while we were, you know, in a fucking sitting in the rain and the cold in, in fucking mop gear, we were fucking making fun of each other. We were, you know, and then when you got done with that field, out, man, we were drinking beer and just laughing about the stupid shit, you know, the because you know, even in, even in the rain and the cold, somebody's going to fall on their ass and they're going to be covered in fucking mud. And now you're laughing at it. Right. You know? So yeah, there were bad times, but man, I, you know, I, I, I would really have to, you know, I would struggle to try and remember like a specific bad time. No, you know, I mean, obviously, I, you, you know, you have those times where, you know, you, you know, friends that get killed or, you know, whatever. But I mean, just thinking the, the totality of, of your time in, man, if you didn't have any fun, you did something wrong. Something wrong, right? You know, it, it sucks because I have, you know, like I said, like you said, a couple, a couple more of my episodes, I've had <laughs> people say, I didn't have any camaraderie. What do you mean you didn't have any camaraderie? I said, even the motherfucker, even my troops that I'd go and hang out with, they'd get pissed off at me. You know, they'd be pissed at me. Oh, Sergeant G fucking yeah. riding me or whatever the hell it might be, you know? And it's like, but it's like you said, dude, the, I think the Marines, we are so, we're so tight because of where we come from. We like, we all come from different walks of life. Like I've met Marines who've had, their parents gave them everything and they still wanted to be a Marine, you know? And then you got people like that didn't have shit and they had to get out of where they're at to try to make a difference in their life. Because if not, they're going to get sucked in to their society and they didn't want to be a part of it. Or hell, you got the guys that said, hey, you either go to jail or you join the Corps. You know yeah. that story, you know? And and that's what my wife, because my wife, my wife, she didn't grow up with both parents. She was less fortunate. She like, her parents left her. And she, when she was with her parents, they didn't treat her good. Like she was poverty. She like half the time I didn't have food. I had to figure out how I'm going to eat. Or, or she didn't have electricity or shit, stuff like that. Like she was very poor. And she's like, that's what I love about the core is that I can relate with these guys because a lot of you guys were all broken. She said, all you Marines are. We would like to give a huge thanks to Rafa 180. Rafa 180 offers pure medicinal CBD and products made locally. They walk alongside individuals to achieve a healthy lifestyle with options needed by each person. You can learn more about them on Facebook at Rafa CBD, their website, www.rafa180.com or email at rafacbd at gmail.com. They truly believe your journey matters. Fucking broken in some way, one, some form or another. You guys are broken and you guys build your camaraderie together because in boot camp, that's what they tell us. You better make sure you take care of this motherfucker to your left and to your right. He's the one that's got your ass when you when shit starts popping off, you know? And I think that's how we build our camaraderie and our brotherhood is that we were always we were always with each other. Every damn day we were with each other. And then if you want our deployment, fuck. 
24 hours a day, seven days a week, you were with that motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? Well, that's it. Listen, I I had times where, you know, I had to really, you know, evaluate my life and the things that I've done. And and you look and you say, God, am I really this fucked up? Right. Am I I, like, I've got some screws loose. And then you get around to other Marines and you're like, no, dude, you're just as fucked up as I am. So we're all the same. We're all the same, right? No, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's what I mean. That's the, that's the thing. And I think, and that's why I think it's hard. I mean, some army guys I can, I can relate with, you know, with some of the army guys, depending, you know, what they did and stuff like that. But I mean, it's really hard with every other branch to sit around and bullshit with them. I got a brother out here. He works out here. He's the ATO for the base. And I can relate me and him get along. Perfect. He's prior service army. Like me and him, when we talk, like we, we are on the same sheet. We are understanding each other, you know, but you do get some guys. You're just like, I, I, don't know how to talk to you dude like i don't I, I can't relate to you but you know what i'm saying i bring on another jawhead like yourself and we know it's like my wife said she's like you motherfuckers are cut from the same cloth so what ryan said a couple weeks ago you guys are cut from the same fucking cloth and you guys can relate and for for for, for my wife i mean like i said i've been with her for 21 years and so now we have issues in our marriage trust issues emotional issues you know the yeah, come on gun you on your third one you understand now, i have no idea <laughs> no idea <laughs> you know and so i mean it, it it does suck you know what i'm saying that's like i said i mean we have our struggles with our marriages and everything else there's issues that we have to deal with but that's something that we have to learn how to like civilianize ourselves how do how do you be, you know amongst my wife's like you need to make friends i say how the fuck do you do that like <laughs> how do you go and make friends like i don't understand yeah. that well she she makes friends real easy you know what i'm saying she makes them real easy she talks to everybody everybody talks to her i go somewhere and people look at me and say why are you pissed off i said i'm not pissed ain't nothing wrong with me you look yeah. so pissed off at the world i said it's my face I'm just ready to take on whatever comes at me, you know what I'm saying? And so yeah, and see, I, and I'm the I'm that guy that just I'll I'll talk to anybody, you know, yeah. it doesn't matter. Like, you know, grocery store. And my wife's usually the one that says, you know, why are you why are you, why are you talking to them? I don't know, because they <laughs> smiled and said hi. Right. Hi back. You know, and I usually talk to people. I'm good. I mean, ever since I started this show, I get out there and I'm able to talk to people better now. I'm able to get out and out of my show and talk to a lot of people. You know, my, my son, he's dating this little girl here. He's got, he's 16. So he's like, I get to date, you know, I was like, it's not what it's all cracked up to be, dude. Like, it, it's really not like, I have to, you know, it's not what yeah. it's cracked up to be. So I tried, I tried, her dad came over and he's a pastor. He's an assistant pastor at his church. And I, he came over and I tried talking to him, like breaking the ice. Like, you know, I, I know, I know it sucks that my son likes your daughter. I've got three girls inside. It's going to suck when guys start coming over trying to talk to my daughters i get it i get it dude i understand but hey let me talk to you this guy like he did everything he could to just not open a conversation and not have a conversation and i was like dude i will break your fucking neck dude like i like it's plain and simple you know what i'm saying yeah. it's, it's plain and simple i will break your neck dude but i was like it's not hard to talk to people like it, it, it it's fair it's it's easy to talk to people i mean especially after you're running a podcast i've had i've been in i've been doing this since september so I've been getting in there and getting better. And I get a lot of great guests on my show. And I gotta be, you got to be able to talk to them, keep conversation going. If not, then your show's mm-hmm. going to die, right? The show's going to die. Right, if, you're not, if we're both not talking, your show's going to die. You know, but, but like you said, you're able to go out and you just talk to people, right? But I, me, I was like, my, I keep my circle tight. I don't bring a lot of people in. Like, I'll talk to you and reach out to you, but don't, I, I'm not bringing you in. Like, this is where we're at. We're not going to be buddies or whatever, you know, but... 
when I bring on Jaw is like yourself, I was like, hey, now you're part of the family, dude. You, we, we, we got that damn <laughs> yeah, EGA. It. We got that damn yeah. EGA burning to our freaking hearts. Like we all have it, you know. And so that that's that's how we that's how we all you know. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, there's some jawheads out there. I'm like, I don't even want to talk to you, dude. Like, I don't even like you, you know. But but you're my brother, and I'll take care of you if you need anything. Don't come eat at my table, but but I'll take care of you. If whatever you need, I'll try to help you in any way I can. But don't come to my table because you're not gonna eat from here, you know, type thing. But it, I mean, it, yeah. it, it is, you know. And this is, I mean, this is why I do the show though. It's just so we can hang out. We can bullshit. Sometimes the weeks get hard, dude. We there's hard weeks out there. Like it's life. Life is hard. It's not easy, you know. If you're not if you're not get not bringing in enough money, or if you know your wife is leaving, your wife's cheating on you, your spouse is cheating on you, or you know, it's it's something to where you can hang out and just just come hang out with us, enjoy your time. You know, that's what I always try to tell people. I said, subscribe always hit that subscribe button do so you know when i got a new show coming out if you can't make it to the youtube channel i'm on every other audio platform that's out there apparently there's a new one out there and i got to try to get on i don't know how to get on it but i got to get on it but i mean wherever you get your audio from wherever you listen to podcasts at i'm there you know i've been launching it like i said shane made him and travis they all made me launch my pod i was going to do it this summer i was going to put it on audio platform this summer because a lot of people don't have an opportunity to get on YouTube to be able to watch the shows, you know? Yeah. And they started this, this veteran podcast awards. And I was like, ah, I got to get over on audio. And I yeah, like, sucked yeah. in. Yeah. I got sucked in on it. And I was like, <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad you guys are my brothers. Cause I wouldn't let nobody else talk shit like this, like this to me, to make me have to do this kind of stuff, you know, because it does. Yeah. Because, I mean, so I'm, but I'm glad now because now I'm getting, I'm getting out to more people and actually, you know, I'm gotten people out in France that are listening to the show. And I'm like, Oh wow. You know, nice. so I told, told my son, I walked over to my son. I said, I'm internationally known on the microphone. He said, shut up. Dad. <laughs> yeah. Listen. So I had a, a couple of friend requests. Um, one was from the Philippines. He's a Philippine Marine. And then I got one who's a Marine in Sweden. And I was like, how the fuck did you find me? You right. know, like I, I don't know anybody. And it was just, you know, you look at, you know, friends of friends of friends of friends and, and, you know, when somebody shares, you know, like one of my stories and somebody reads it and then they share it with a friend and then they share it with another, Hey, you're a Marine. You'll probably like this story. And then they, they send me a friend request. And I'm like, <laughs> like, I don't know you, but yeah, sure. Dude. Why not? Dude? You're, you're a giant too. You're not a giant too. You know, you're not a giant too. Come over. We, we can enjoy the chaos together. I mean, that's what we were bred for us to, Enjoy the chaos together. I mean, like you said, we we all have stories and we all remember what the most fucked up situation we've ever been put in, you know, we just, and we remember it. We're like, look at that dumbass. When you're running into when you're running into the bunker and mop level four and you're like, look at this dumbass. He now forgot his fucking boot. Half his shit is mm -hmm. spread out across the fucking camp. He's got to pick that shit up, you yeah, know, but absolutely. You know, and you're looking like a bag of shit because you're like, I couldn't even get this fucking thing on, dude. <laughs> you know, you're like, how many times have you practiced putting this damn thing on? You still can't put it on yet, you know? And so, I mean, hell, one night, I think I ran to the bunker mop level four like 21 times in one night. And I was like, I'm just going to sleep in this motherfucker, dude. Like, these motherfuckers <laughs> won't stop, you know? Yeah. So we had, uh, right before I deployed, um, I was with uh, Sierra 510. And two MEF had us go through this workup, like a little bit of training prior to going to Iraq. Right. And we sit in there and they want us to go over all these TDPs. And, and they're, you know, like the two biggest things that I took out from the training was trash. You know, you're supposed to look for piles of trash. 
uh, along <laughs> along the MSRs, right. right? And potholes. Okay, no problem. We got it. Now I get to Iraq and um, we're in Al-Assad and I've got my fires team and it's made up of augments, individual augments. And a couple <laughs> of them, one of them was like air wing. Yeah, I think the other one was like maintenance or something. So these weren't like your, your O3 guys. So right, right, I was right. running them running them through drills. We went through everything. Now I'm, you know, so like hyper vigilant getting into the front seat of this Humvee on our, our first convoy. Cause I didn't really know what to expect. I've got my map. I've got my compass. I've got fucking radios. I've got, you know, I'm like ready, ready. to go. If something happens, I, I'm, I'm going to be, you know, right. We pull out outside and we maybe go fucking 50 feet. Right. And there's a pile of trash. And I'm like, dude, like, like, holy crap, like, wait, wait a minute, there's fucking trash everywhere. What the <laughs> fuck are they talking about? And then all of a sudden, we bam, we hit this fucking pothole. Motherfucker, what are you doing? Watch the road, right? right? No, sorry, sorry, no problem. Like, oh my God, so you, you know, you start to catch your breath a little bit and you're coming back down, and you're driving back down the road. And then all of a sudden, you're looking out and you see this guy who's just taking a shit in the middle of the field. Some Iraqi dude just shitting in the middle of the field. And we're all staring at it. And then, bam, we hit another fucking pothole. My and I just, we just started laughing. We just started laughing. Like, it was like, dude, like, okay, well, at least we knocked the rust off. But, you know, you know, you just have no idea what to expect sometimes. And you just have to roll with the punches. And, no, absolutely. You know, that, that definitely got us through, you know. Yeah, definitely. I mean, definitely being out there. Yeah, because I mean, I was out there back in 03 and then again in 05. And I mean, it's like you said, I mean, they said, what's it like? I said, is desert as far as the eye can see? Like where I was at, cause I was at a FOB. So I was right there on the Kuwaiti Iraqi border back in 03. We were doing our mission, which is a, you know, bodies out, supplies in type thing. That's what we we're doing. And it was like it's sand, sand as far as the eye can see. And he said, you can look across the board and you can see the oil rigs burning when they first started burning them back in 03. And I was like, mm-hmm. but besides that, said, it's just hot as hell. It's like the hottest place on earth. I swear to God. It's the hottest yeah, place on I earth. Lost, like, I think I lost like 20 pounds while I was there. Just yeah, walking no, around it, you know, doing all that shit and came back. I think I, I, I came home and I was like maybe about 160 pounds. Uh, I'm usually right around 180. You know? Man, I came back yeah. and it was like, I, I you know, felt... <laughs> Yeah, so different. No shit. Yeah, no, for real. Because I mean, for me, when I was back out there in 03, we didn't have chow halls. They gave us MREs, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And I was like, I can eat one of these and I'll be good all day. Like, I'm not going to be able to eat all these fucking MREs you keep pounding down my fucking throat. Like, and I was like, so I, I'd eat like one a day. And I mean, like, you know, 20, 30 pounds, I was down. I, I came back. I was, shit, I was probably like a buck 20, buck 30 when I came back. Yeah. And black as hell. My eye was so damn dark, dude. I was like, this is fucking ridiculous. Well, I was like, you look like a fucking Ethiopian kid. I was like, I just wish I had the belly. For- I wish I had the belly like right. one. Because I didn't yeah. eat shit over there. I was so damn skinny and just so freaking. I was so frail when I came back. I was like, that sucked. Because I can tell people, I said, it's, it's hell on earth, you know? And they were like, well, how high is it? Good? I said, well, by 8 a.m., it's fucking 120 degrees by 8 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I was like, it never. You know, and. Did it snow while you were out there? No, it didn't snow when I was out there. Yeah. So we, well, while we were in Fallujah, it snowed a little bit. It was probably like December, January, but I mean, it didn't accumulate on the ground, but it was definitely coming down, which is yeah. weird. Like, you know, you're, you're, that's what we thought. What the fuck? God, a month ago, it was 120 degrees. Now it's snowing. No shit, right? Like, it, it, and it's a whole different, it's a whole different. Everybody's like, oh, it's just dry heat. I said, it's fucking heat. I don't care if it's dry or <laughs> it's wet. Fucking it's fucking hot. heat. It's right. hot. Yeah. It's hot as hell, especially yeah. when you're wearing all your shit, when you've got your whole fucking gear on, your flak jacket and all your rounds and all that other shit. I said, 
it's hot. Like it, it's hot as hell. Like I can't, I can't do this shit. You know, and a lot of people, I, you know, but but it's like you said, those are the places that we make our memories, that we tell our stories, that we we made those crazy ass memories. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, and that's that's the things that 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 we reminisce about. We come around, we sit around, we bullshit, and we talk about the stupid shit that we did when we were at when we were there. You know. Which is great, yeah. which which is great. And like what, what you're doing with Born in a Bar, man, that's that's great. You're compiling all these stories together. And like you said, it's gonna people are gonna read it and they're gonna relate and be like, Ah, oh, I remember that place. Yeah, I remember that girl. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I remember that's that girl. it, you know. We and just from you you meet people all the time that you know, you might not have been in the same place at the same time, but you remember different things and one of the stories I, I got in from another gunny was about a, a porta potty. And, and I have my own story about a porta potty. So I was reading his and I absolutely knew exactly what he was talking about when he, you know, said about the porta potty. And I always tell people, you know, like, you know, going to the bathroom in a porta potty, like, listen, this is like the worst place on earth that you will ever go to the bathroom. It's 120 degrees outside. It's 200 degrees inside. And it smells like shit. Mm-hmm. You're not spending more than, you know, if you're taking a piss, it's like 45 seconds. You're taking a shit. It's under two minutes. Right. If you're in the porta potty for more than two minutes, you're jerking off. I mean, let's be face it. <laughs> you're not spending that. And, and, you know, we had our own little code like, Hey, look, if, if something happens and I die in this porta potty, you know, you make sure you hide the porn pull up my pants and come up with a good story to tell my parents that I was not killed on a porta potty. That's it. <laughs> no, right. because you can relate. Cause you can, you talking about it and I can smell it. And I was like, yep, absolutely. And all, and all the drawings on all the fucking walls, you're just like mm-hmm. motherfucker, dude. Like you can feel the heat. And you're just like, ah, uh, that's so gross. <laughs> you know, because that's it. You can find some of the best art in a porta potty, dude. Like you're like, what mm-hmm. the fuck is that? <laughs> you know yeah. you, you just see it you just read it you just you see it you know and that's the, that's the stories that's the stories you're telling people you're, you're you're reminiscing about it you know letting people remember about it you know especially i mean especially if you're getting people vietnam era world war ii era people you know that are coming in you can grab those stories like you said because you don't want the stories to die there's no reason why the story should die you know and that yeah that's should, it and yeah. And any time period, I mean, Marines, Marines are Marines. Our stories are the same. You know, we might use a little bit of different language, uh, but I mean, you know, what we find funny, most people don't find funny. They don't. You know, we talk about things, you know, that most people don't talk about and, and, you know, to, to hear them be put into a story, just have one whole book full of, you know, just the, the, the fucked up, funny, hilarious shit that we do. Right. Um, you know, it, it's, it's it's going to be a good book, and I'm really looking forward to when it comes out um, and sharing, you know, not only my stories but other people's stories, and and hopefully, you know, this will go into a, a second book and a third book, and you know, go from there. Absolutely, absolutely, sir. I mean, hell, as many jarheads as there are, you can get a lot of stories about a lot of different places, a lot of areas that people have been to, you know, which is great. Oh, you know, it. yeah. And so that, that, that's, that's, what, that's what makes it, that's what's going to make the book so awesome, dude, with the, with the nonsense and the jargon, especially when it's Marine Corps jargon and you don't get a bunch of jargons, be like, ah, oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and like I said, I mean, you know, you know how they see that picture that goes over on Facebook was like, one kid, a guy's like, well, I can smell this picture. And it's the fucking gas chamber. It's like, oh, yeah, yep. I can smell that picture. My wife's like, you can't smell that. So, oh, I smell that. Oh, my Absolutely. nose is starting to run. My nose is starting mm-hmm. to run. I can smell that picture. You know, and a lot of people are like, what? What? I don't get you. I don't understand. 
no, you're not going to understand yeah. me. I've been through some shit. I've done some shit and I've been through some shit that you're not going to understand. You're not going to be able to rate. Only, uh, only other fucking jarheads are going to be able to relate to me, you know, understand I, uh, where I'm coming from, you know? W- my wife um, started getting interested in, you know, she would see me writing and, you know, talking on the phone and she wanted to know what this was all about. And uh, she wanted, she wanted to read one of them. And I was really hesitant. You know, this is not a good idea. Like, I, I don't know if I, if this is, you know, appropriate. And uh, she said, you know, like, I, I, you know, I've heard most of these stories. So I let her read one that was uh, my best friend Ski and I, and she knows the whole story. She doesn't know all the details, but she knew, you know, most of the story. And I let her read it. And when I'm writing, you know, from, from my memories, I'm, I'm just typing just the way that it would come out at a bar. And then I'll go back and I'll read it and I'll be like, I'll change this. Well, one of the things I put on there was one of the girls that was in Hooters, Jacksonville. Um, She had very nice tits. Uh, They were fake as hell. They were very nice. And I had that in the story. And and of course, my wife, that's the first thing she sticks out. She's like, oh, yeah, this is great. This this is what you're going to be writing about. And I was just like, listen, you're not going to understand this book. This book is not for you. You know, like, well, what are you, what are you going to say to your kids when they want to read it? I'm not going to let my kids read this book. If no. they want to read it later, you know, whatever. What about your parents? Like my, my parents know that I'm writing a book. Her parents know that I'm writing a book. And I just simply tell them, like, look, this is a, this is a, a Marine Corps book. You're not going to understand it. Like, right. you, you just won't. Uh, you know, this book is for, you know, is Marines. It's written, you know, by Marines, for Marines, military, cops, firefighters, anybody who really has that brotherhood, you're going right. to get. You know, the humor yeah. and, and the stupid shit that we, you know, we do to each other. Um, that's who really this book is for. It's not for, you know, my wife, your wife, <laughs> or my pastor, you know, my pastor's <laughs> probably not going to read this. Right. Uh, you know, so. That, no, it, it's yeah. great. It's, it, it, no, like I said, I mean, the story, the stories are great. I know they're going to be amazing. Is there anything like the, the little things I've read from that you put it out there on Facebook and stuff? It's going to be a freaking Awesome freaking yeah. book, dude. It's like, but like you it, said, dude, it's about the brotherhood. It's the camaraderie. Yeah. This is what we do. This is what it's about. It's about finding ourselves again, finding our purpose again after seven, you know? Yeah. You, you know, Gunny ain't telling Sergeant G, hey, this is what we're doing. This is the mission. This is what we got to do. This is where we got to be and all this stuff. I'm not, you, you don't have us telling them, telling you what to do anymore. And it's like, what's my purpose? What am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to find me? who I am again, who, how am I supposed to find what I'm into? Write a book. Gunny's writing a book. Yeah. You don't have to be the same shit you're t- writing about. Yeah. Look, I'm 45. I'm still trying to figure out what I'm going to do with the rest of my life. No shit. Absolutely. That's what yeah, I tell I'm, people. I'm I th- hoping to win the lottery and move South. That's my plan. <laughs> you live out East. You can, you have higher chances of winning the lottery than anybody else. Yeah. Like, no, it's always out East that always wins the lottery for whatever damn reason. I don't know how much money y'all putting into it. But it's always out east somewhere. Somewhere out east is always winning the damn lottery. I think it's it's up to like half a, half a billion again, ain't it? Right now, or something. Yeah, crazy. I think it's uh, like four hundred million or something right now. Something, something insane. I don't even. I was like, I, all I gotta do is just buy one number and hope that it's the right number. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> maybe, maybe yeah. one day. That's why I always said it'd be great. It'd be freaking. I mean, imagine imagine the guy who won the billion dollars. I was like, fuck, you ain't never got to work another day in your life. You can sit on. Listen, your if ass. I win. If I win 400 million, this second book is going to be completely different. 
It's not going to be. It'll be all the stupid shit I'm doing now as a 45 year old with three hundred million dollars. <laughs> right, right. It's right. it's this is me. This is me on my my island. I'll rename it Paris Island, and uh, it won't have sand fleas. So, I mean, you don't right. know what that's like, but no, I'm not. You know, I mean, we'll, no. we'll it we'll have a big uh, you know a flag on on the middle of it, and and the only people that can come to my island are family and Marines. Right, absolutely. Everybody else, you're shit out Absolutely, you're out of your shit. That's why I told my wife. I was like. If I ever won some of this shit, I would buy a hundred acres, and then I would put a brick wall around this hundred acres. Put put a fucking twenty foot brick wall, concertina wire at the top, and cameras on every corner. I don't give a damn. PTZ cameras, so I can see everything that's going around. And I said, "What's that going to cost me? A million dollars, bitch? I got four hundred million. You think a million dollars? Right, what the me? hell do you do with the other three hundred and ninety nine <laughs> million dollars? Yeah, that's what uh, I was like. What do you do with the other three hundred and ninety nine million? I could build me a million dollar home, $398 million left to spend. You know, I was like, I could have anything and everything. I could put a flight line in the middle of my fucking land. <laughs> and I think she was saying, if you own 150 acres, you can make your own town. I was like, well, fuck it. I'll buy 150 acres, make it my own fucking town. Then, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's, it, yep, it's, I'd never have to leave again. Never. <laughs> I'd have everything delivered. You come to the gate, you push the button, and I'll have somebody come out there and beat you at the gate and pick it up from you. It's plain and simple, dude. Like, I was like, what do you have to worry about? But I was like, that, that's the dream. That's the goal, right? That's, the, that's, that's where it's supposed to be, you know? Mm-hmm. It'll, it'll be the uh, Sergeant G traveling roadshow. The RV, 40-foot <laughs> right. RV with the fold-out table and a microphone. And you could, right. And you I, tra- I just travel across the country and meet everybody. That's, I'm coming to your area. Who wants to talk? Let's go. We could do a live every fucking day, you know, wherever I'm traveling to. It'd be great. Because why? Because I can. Because I can. Okay, nobody tell me no. <laughs> you know? Which is great, man. Well, Gunny, well, we're coming always, down. You're, you're always welcome in New Jersey. No, no I want to go to I New ever... Jersey, dude. Ain't nothing in no, Jersey. I know. Well, not the, I'm here. <laughs> you're there, right? You're there. You know, you're not far from Ton Tavern. The whole side. Yeah. Hey, listen, I'm, we are we are literally like three miles from that Ton Tavern. Every year on the birthday, we have uh, Cookies, uh, which is a tavern in Philadelphia. And we take over like four blocks. The police shut down four blocks of main road. And it is a thousand, you know, Marines. Uh, and we just party until, you know, two o'clock in the morning. It's a yeah, fucking yeah. great time. So if anybody's listening and you, and you want to do something on the Marine Corps birthday, come to Philadelphia, man. We'll show you where it's at. That, that, that's definitely something I'm going to be interested in. I'm talking definitely. I've told my wife, I said, we got to go out East and ex- go explore some of the things out there. Cause I mean, you guys still have a little bit of history out there. There's still a little bit of history out East versus everywhere else where they've torn everything down and put up all new shit, you know, but yeah, like tons Tavern. Everybody, everybody goes to Philly like I'm going to Tun Tavern. Every jarhead that goes to Philly is like I'm going to Tun Tavern, even if it is a fucking yep. sign. I don't give a damn. I'm going to Tun Tavern, you know, because it's, <laughs> it's, it's it. history, dude. <laughs> I think that's, the, that's what makes us different from everybody else is the history that we have. We have history that has been embedded into our minds, and we can tell you everything when it happened, why it happened, and everything. Nobody else studies history the way we study history. I mean, when you're standing in the chow line, you're rehearsing history that happened. <laughs> yep. You know, and you're learning about all the amazing jarheads that were out there before us that gave us a reason to serve this wonderful country, you know, in our beloved core, man. Gunny, it's been great, dude. We're coming close to the end of the show. You want to you want to sp- you want to tell a little one of your stories? You want to let people hear one of your stories? <laughs> How does it want to go? Just uh, so they can be excited so they can be like, oh, what am I getting myself into? 
Well, let's see. Uh, boy, I, you know, I've shared, I've shared so many of them on Facebook already uh, that, <laughs> you know, when, when somebody has something they come up with and, and I'm just like, man, I've got a good fucking story to go along with that one. You know, so I, I do, I, I share it. Um, one of the, I think my, my all time, you know, favorite uh, stories that I have, and this is, you know, after my second divorce, we used to go on motorcycle rides and um, you know, you meet people, you know, all the way. And one of the stops that I, I, regularly had gone to um we uh I, I ended up meeting uh a girl that i met in the staff academy so at, at the uh in sotg the staff nco academy would come through and the instructors knew you know like this is single gunny and they're always going to hook me up and put you know like the single cute girl around our train map and uh she was uh, um, she was like five two, maybe a hundred pounds. Latino staff sergeant, just oh, a very man. beautiful girl. Oh, she was gorgeous, but she was very like prim, proper, you know. And I was like, oh, this, you know, I had fun flirting with her, but that that's kind of it. I'm just gonna you know, <laughs> let it go. She's she's not gonna be, you know, the type. I have a Harley, you know. She's not gonna be that type that's gonna go out on us. Right. So we're on a poker run, and um, she taps me on the shoulder, and I turn around, and I'm like. Well, shit, you know, this is, you know, staff sergeant so-and-so. And uh, so we end up hitting it off. We're drinking, doing tequila shots, go back to her house and uh, we're making out. And, you know, she, she asked me, have you ever done anything freaky? Right. Well, like, you know, that's, that's relative, like freaky to what? Um, <laughs> but I'm game, you know, I'm like, you know, whatever. I'm, I'm drinking. I'm, I'm, I'm game. I'm drunk and sure. Why yeah. not? What so, um, she, she kind of pushes me back and she handcuffs me to the headboard Oh, and then she shit. gets up, right? She gets up, <laughs> she turns off the light. And this is the last time that she actually speaks English. She speaks Spanish from, from then on, you know, until the next morning. <laughs> so the next morning, right, um, I'm still, I'm still handcuffed to the bedpost and she whispers something in my ear in Spanish. And I thought, I have no idea what it was, but she gets up and she walks out of the room and I'm kind of like, what the fuck is going on here and then i hear keys and then i hear a door and i'm like man like did somebody else just come in the like the door like what the fuck is going on i hear the car start up the car drives away so now i'm sitting here and i'm like you know i'm tied to a bed what the fuck is going on like and this is where you really start to you know think about some of the bad decisions that you've made in your life like this might have been the worst you know i don't think she's gonna you know take out my kidneys or anything but I don't I have no idea where I'm at. Like I, I don't I don't even know if this is her house. Like I, I don't know. How do you know? No, no idea. Where the fuck am I? Yeah. So I can see my my phone sitting on the on the on the end table, and I, you know, trying to kick it off, trying to you know contour my body over to get it, and I knock it on the floor, and then I was kind of laughing to myself because it's a flip phone. And this is like you know, 2008. I've got a flip phone. Who the fuck am I going to call right now? Am I going to call 911? Uh, yes, uh, officer, I am tied to I a bed. I don't know where I'm at. Um, help me. Help me. Right? I, who am I going to call? If, I mean, even if one of my friends, you know, like, you know, hey, come get me, you know. Uh, so she comes back in and she had gone down, uh, gone down the street and gotten uh, Burger King. And she's automatically like she just switched back on and she's, you know, she's talking English again. And I'm like completely like freaked the fuck out right now. Like what just happened? Like this is not, you know, this is not the same girl that I had met like, you know, 12 hours ago, you know, or in the staff Academy. And, uh, 
she, you know, and I, I started, you know, really wondering, like, is this girl like bipolar? Like, was she a twin? And like, they like did some kind of high five. I had like no fucking clue. Like this girl, and and I remember uh, leaving. You know, I'm riding my motorcycle home, and I was just like, you know, God, like, I, I really need to, you know, make better choices. Like, I, this, this is, a, this was a bad. This could have ended badly. Like, this girl's a fucking whack job. So I only I only dated her for about a month after that, and uh, she uh, yes. So, but uh, yeah, so it was a it was a good time. Damn, I got some crazy ass stories, Gunny. Yeah, it's gonna yeah. it's gonna be a great book. I'm super excited to hear it, dude. I'm so it's gonna be one that I buy. Hopefully, you got it out on Audible. Hopefully, you get it out there on Audible so people can read it while they're at work. So they're like, "What are you reading? Don't worry about yeah. it." You won't understand. You won't. You won't understand this crazy nonsense <laughs> that I'm talking about, man. Gunny, I appreciate you coming out, hanging out with me on this Friday. You got Reminiscing, it, dude. This was about brotherhood, right? It's our brotherhood that we always gonna have. We brothers for life. Nobody can take that That's away it. from us. You know what I'm saying? And it's the camaraderie, and it's the camaraderie we lost when we got out. We lost the camaraderie, and it sucked. But now with the show, I'm able to bring you guys along. And everybody that's listening, this is what it's about. It's hanging out and enjoying each other's time and company. You know, this is what we do. We lost the camaraderie when we got out, but I'm bringing it back to you guys so you guys don't feel alone. You're never alone. We're always here for you. Like I said, with Gunny, all Gunny's information, all his contact information, how you can reach out to him. Hell, maybe you can even tell him a couple of your stories and get into his book. Absolutely. Please do. You know what I'm saying? All his contact information will be down there in the description box down below. If you guys listen to it on the audio, I'll have it all in the description box. You can contact him, man. Like I said, man, go check out Born in a Bar, The Untold Stories of Uncle Sam's Misguided Children. It's going to be a great book when it comes out, man. Remember, guys, I want to thank our sponsor, Rafa 180, for sponsoring the show, allowing me to be able to do this, able to come out to you guys and check out you guys, man. Go check out all the great products they have over there. They have a all natural, organic products over there that's great for the women, for the wives, the girlfriends. Hell, I think they got some men's products on there as well. You can go check them out, dude. When you go to checkout, type in the Stone Vet USMC, get you 15% off your entire purchase. Don't forget to subscribe to this channel. If you're on iTunes, give me a five-star review, man. Help me out in the algorithms. Let's get more of our brothers and sisters coming in and listening to the shows so they can find their purpose again as well, man. Gunny, I appreciate it. Appreciate you hanging out with me on this Friday, man. You got it, brother, anytime. Absolutely. Remember, guys, here at the Stone Vet, we got your six. Still, when your life going down, grab a pound, smoke, chillax. It's Friday. You ain't got a job. We gonna get high today. Dark of the flesh. The deep of the room.